To get the adrenaline up in tech, you need something that will be disruptive and will get to mega growth. Okay, this has the, now the potential of that mega growth, and that's why I'm spending you know, my energy there. And the results are starting to come in, so the adrenaline is flowing. And then, you know, that's, uh, that's like uh, the best feeling in the world because it gets you, you're addicted to it. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20-Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J-Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J-Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. I, I appreciate very much your time and for, um, you know, uh, spending this time with me. You are such an interesting, you know, persona in the tech ecosystem. The different things that you've done are quite, quite remarkable from uh, being a president uh, of a division within Amdocs to chief business officer at R Media, Radcom, to Ribion today with uh, with uh, amazing investment arms behind you. I, I'm, I'm really excited to unfold your journey and your story in the communication space. I obviously know how meaningful the space is from my own experience, especially in the from a from a cyber perspective. But I'm excited to understand what it means to 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 be in the space today. Uh, and so thank you again for being here, Yaron. Tell me a little bit about your connection to the space. What got you in here and what hooked you that this is going to be the, 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 the vertical that you're going to be spending most of your time on? So, you know, from, uh, I'm an industrial engineer uh, by profession. Okay, so I think key word is engineer, information technology. Um, most of my career from, let's say, the age of 30, so after a, a longer military service like some of us Israeli do, uh, Israelis do, and, you know, myself in tech as well, um, I went and uh, started a career in Amdocs uh, around telecom. That's where I got exposed to uh, a telecom and communication, and, you know, the we went through back then the various wireless uh, launches and changes, 2G, 3G, smartphones, 4G, LTE, um, etc. Um, I saw, then I saw a lot of it go um, and the changes that went through the telecom industry uh, when I took over Radcom, virtualization of network, how you know, things that we couldn't fathom in, uh, let's say, the beginning of 2000, of how uh, things can be done by software, uh, got me really, I think, excited about the potential of how you can do real heavy lifting in communications using software. 
And this is already the second company that we're doing it. Um, one, the first one being Radcom, which is still doing it in a very heavy lifting space. And Teridian is doing it for enterprise communication, which, you know, in the past used to be, still is to some extent, um, big, the industry of routers and lines and cables that you see in offices. And we took a very uh, disruptive approach that we can do everything with software. And that this is, I'm a software guy, and this got me hooked up, hooked on this of how you can really disrupt an entire space with software and how, you know, basically because we're doing it with software, you don't need mute supply chain, you don't need to produce routers, you don't need to go through a, what companies needed to, to be in the path of being a, you know, company that serves enterprise customers, works with telcos, you need to be a huge company like a Cisco, like, you know, uh, other companies that were there before, but huge, huge, huge companies today, a software company do need, you know, it's, it's a little bit more than being in a garage and, you know, a couple of people just creating uh, software. You do need some uh, rigor and you reach some critical mass, but taking that software, you can disrupt the world of communication with the way that, you know, the... A maturity of uh, software clouds, the, the, the processing power of uh, a lot of the capabilities out there. Um, very exciting uh, times in my mind. And so if you're looking at where we're at today, um, what, what do you see, you know, from and specifically looking into, into your company today, Tell me a little bit about the actual the actual product. I imagine that a lot of the different people here on you know listening here are probably not as familiar with the, with the space. I certainly am not as familiar as I'd like to be. I'd love sure. to learn a little bit more about Teridion and and what actually you're doing. Sure. So the way that I would describe us in like an elevator picture, like a tagline, think of us as a network as a service. Okay. Now, networking is to some extent broad, right? You can have like wireless networks, you can have wired networks, you have access, uh, you have your DSL line or your broadband line at home, you have your broadband line, the office. We took, uh, we're looking at the segment of enterprise connectivity. So when I'm saying enterprise think, let's think of a big for the sake of the example, automot automotive company, it has hundreds of sites, I don't know, BMW, General Motors, you know, one of those that has hundreds of sites worldwide, has tens of thousands uh, of employees worldwide, and has information systems, has manufacturing systems. You need to connect all of these together. You need to connect the sites to the workloads, the software, okay? You need to connect uh, people that are working, whether they're working in the sites or, you know, today everybody's like working at least part-time remote uh, into this entire uh, setup. What we do is we connect um, everything but the access, okay? So if you have a big enterprise, each site is connected to the internet, what we're doing is connecting all the sites together 
okay, and making sure that they have high performance SLA telco grade connectivity between their sites from the sites to the data centers. Today, a lot of the data centers are like virtual data centers in the cloud, you know, whether it's just like a software like Salesforce or whatever. Uh, but there's also uh, other types, different clouds. And we connect all of that uh, for a high-performance network. So when the people of uh, BMW, in the sake of our example, log in, connect to their systems, they're getting a consistent um, high-performance type of experience, whether IT is running a huge backup of their system or a salesperson is now quoting something to a customer and, you know, the entire... Uh, a full spectrum of uh, applications. So think of us as creating the connections between all these hundreds of sites and providing the customer an, S an SLA, and we're doing it without any physical transport. Everything hmm. that we're doing is virtual, and you know I can explain that uh, how that works because that's like the part of the secret sauce. And so right before we get to there, I, I imagine that throughout your career, you transitioned, you, you've had a hand in the physicalness, in the physical world, and then the ver and transitioning also to the virtual world. Tell me a little bit about that transition from your, from your point of view, because, you know, we, you know, growing up at uh, Generation Z, we grow into a cloud-based world. I, I learned that there exists such a thing as on-prem when I was in the army. Right. And, and okay. even we started fixing that as well. But I've been pretty much on AWS and GCP since I'm 15. So since that I learned how to write code. So tell me a little bit about your own experience from your own eyes. They're treating me a little bit as an historian with my gray hair. I appreciate it, but it's okay. Um, a lot of my career was in information technology, huge systems. Okay. From looking at let's say uh, the years uh, uh, 2000 and onward, let's, let's look at 2005, you know, as some sort of uh, a point in time, okay? You would deploy, uh, there was no cloud, okay? You would deploy applications in a data center, okay? When you go into a data center, I worked in Amdocs, there were huge data centers, so think of uh, the system, that does billing for AT&T, okay? It's part of, mm -hmm. part of my responsibility. You go, and, and I don't think anybody knows what it is today, but you go through Superdomes, HP Superdomes, which were, that weren't that big physically, okay? But were huge processing machines. And you needed to have the knowledge to access those machines, to first of all, you know, get the machine installed on the ground okay because you're running you've ran out of capacity so customer went and increased their volume let's say because they uh, were selling to more subscribers you need more systems you order servers okay they'd come somebody needs to connect them to electricity to uh, communications wire them and put them in racks and connect them so there was a lot of data center activity around that and then you had the fun of deploying software on it, which you need to install system and then various application layers that also have matured in time. 
Uh, you probably don't know what like middleware is. Okay, there was a lot of uh, how to scale this entire like web world and online world and real time transactions. There was a lot, a lot of uh, layers of software that needed to work together. And guess what? They didn't work so well together. So as the world matured, uh, part of the simplification that the big clouds give us is the ability to develop software large-scale software and not deal with that complexity from the bottom of the stack, almost from the chipset, all the way up to the application layer. And today, people just deal with the application layer and a lot of the, uh, you know, below the application layer is abstracted. So, you know, uh, uh, virtual machines, uh, container world, all that didn't exist and we needed... Uh, find you know solutions that did similar things and got the application to scale but it was you know required that hundreds and sometimes thousands of people to work on it wow okay so now transitioning back to the virtualization that you're doing today so um we went so i think just to tie into what you just touched on yeah you think that the um, the world went through a revolution that, like you, you said, you grew into it. I experienced it of taking applications to the cloud. This was wasn't a you know applications that existed weren't that easy, and new applications maybe you know a lot of startups created new applications in the cloud. Um, but today you can get you know an entire development um, approach, entire. Uh, application layer and of course the scalability that is required from a cloud and you can take an application and scale less let's say scale it indefinitely or um, exponentially or scale it to huge volume okay and that revolution today we take for granted in communications that Revolution didn't exist. We need all the time. We're consuming more and more communications, right? We feel it as as people. We usually feel it on the mobile device, but we also feel it at home, right? We upgraded our internet again and again and again, and everybody's connected to Wi-Fi. And if you look like five, six years ago, we weren't streaming that much. Today, we're consuming everything in video and streaming. Take it also to the enterprise world. The enterprises are consuming more applications. A lot of the stuff is being done in video. Excuse me. So yeah. Uh, so the needs are high, and that world has been a physical world. It still is a physical world to some extent. You need more communication. You call the telephone company and you ask for a bigger line. You call them again and you ask for a bigger line. Okay, and what we basically did is when we're dealing with the connections between in an enterprise world, uh, we created our own network. It's a huge virtual network. We tapped into a, th this, this is like a huge thing. We tapped not into the three cloud providers that everybody knows, let's say four or five that people are very advanced. We tapped into 25 different cloud providers. Yes. And now I'll, I'll challenge you, but if you can uh, quote for me 25 different cloud providers, quote even 15, then I'm buying you dinner, okay? Yeah. No one knows. I, I need to look it up. I don't remember them by heart, but 
Tapping into 25 different providers, the Google, the Microsoft, the, but all the way to Oracle, IBM, the Chinese ones, uh, local ones, uh, local ones that have a global presence, lower tiers, give us a full global network where we're taking software, which is basically our routers, and deploying them across all the, the, these vast data centers. And we're doing all that with automation. So basically, a press of a button. The moment that when all of that is already deployed, then we can manage a global network in almost every location. I would say every location on the planet that has a data center and connect businesses. You know, again, we launch, you, you can think of other use cases, not businesses, but we're, we're focused now on uh, enterprise businesses where we can serve those enterprises and connect all of their needs, workloads, the sites, the people across the, those data centers. And we're using connections that are not available for the regular public. So you and I, you know, in general, are using internet connections, uh, just regular internet, which is free, okay? We're using combination of internet connections and cloud connections. So think of that, think of us that we're opening up new tollways, okay, that are not open to the public, that are not open to enterprises. The moment that you have a tollway, then, you know, you have the experience of a tollway. You pay a little bit, okay, but no traffic, everything is... Uh, you know, moving at the fast speeds like you'd expect a tollway to do. That's basically what we do uh, with very uh, unique technology and a very unique business model. Amazing. Wow. So, you know, sounds amazing and sounds like an amazing journey. And we're only, we're only scratching the surface with, with the world that you're in. But I'd love to spend the last minute, you know, asking you, you know, the, the most important question is as far as I'm concerned of why I do this show which is why are you so excited about what you're doing? You know, you've, you've been an executive at an amazing company like Amdocs, been in different organizations. You were the CEO of a public company with hundreds of people. Why start another company? You know, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you working so hard? Uh, so I think the, the key here is that uh, the potential of doing a huge disruption is coupled with mega growth, okay? And the pace, I'm a fast-paced indiv individual, okay? I've been around the block, but, uh, you know, I look at my hobbies. It's mountain biking, it's enduro motorcycles, it's uh, ski, it's, uh, it's things that get the adrenaline up. And to get the adrenaline up in tech, you need something that will be disruptive, and we'll get to mega growth, okay? This has the, now the potential of that mega growth, and that's why I'm spending, you know, my energy there. And the results are starting to come in, so the adrenaline is flowing, and then, you know, that's, uh, that's like uh, the best feeling in the world because it gets you, you're addicted to it. That's why I do what I do. 
Yvonne, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time and the different things that you've done. And uh, we just uh, scratched the surface, but definitely leaving me more curious than we started. So thank you very, very much. You're and welcome. We enjoyed it. it. Of course. And <laughs> best of luck with Teridion. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Michael.